0: The Hermetic Hour is Thursday, August 27, 2020, and tonight we have a lost chapter from the Book of Shamgar. I'm your host, Book Runyon, and we have this newly discovered lost chapter from the Book of Shamgar, or recently declassified, which describes how the purple dragon and the prophet Bezek found the stone pillar of Jacob, upon which was inscribed Father Abraham's book of creation, the Sefer Yetzirah. And after fighting off bandits and the spells of the witch, they brought the sacred stone back to the tabernacle to take its rightful place beside the Ark of the Covenant and ensure Shamgar his election as judge for the tribe of Judah. Now this controversial document suggests that the Jewish tradition of Abraham's authorship of the Seber Yetzirah is correct. And it also implies that he was the originator of the alphabet. So, if you like ancient mysteries, stay with us and we'll open the 32 Gates of Wisdom. Between chapters 7 and 8 in the book of Shamgar, as we have it, There was a missing chapter which related how Shamgar and Bezek recovered the sacred pillar of Jacob, upon which was inscribed Father Abraham's Book of Creation. As Bezek had predicted, this relic, as important as the Ark of the Covenant, would ensure Shamgar's eventual kingship of Israel. This lost chapter of the Book of Shamgar came to us from the same source as the book itself, the academic think tank that calls itself MythTech and has the motto, Controlling the Power of Belief for World Peace. Our contact in this organization is Dr. Marion Rowland, head of the Anthropology Department at UCF, that's the University of California at Forterson. And Now, if you have seen the docudrama Beyond Lemuria, 2007, which is now available from Amazon in a second edition 2014, you have seen Dr. Roland presenting his film on the lost city of Non-Madol. In any case, he was kind enough to supply us with the lost chapter from Shamgar. As soon as it it was declassified by the intelligence community, to which MythTech belongs as one of many academic subcontractors. And so... If you recall the story, Shamgar, the Phoenician privateer, acting as a military advisor to the Hebrews, had defeated the Philistines in two engagements and rescued Judge Ehud's daughter, Jael, but he was still not accepted by the old rascal who was the high judge of Israel. And after Jael spiked Heber to his rug, our story continues. As you recall, Jael drove a spike through his ear and pinned him to his rug. He was the the, the, the Kenite that she was uh, betrothed to, and he ended up kidnapping her. Now, let, let's start the last chapter here. Even after Shamgar had vanquished the Kenites and rescued Jael, Ahud's heart was yet hardened against him, and he refused to grant her to Shamgar in marriage. Shamgar took counsel with Bezek, who was the prophet of Israel, and Bezek counseled him thus, You must find and recover the sacred pillar of Jacob, upon which is inscribed Father Abraham's book of creation, which was written in Haran when the father of all our people sojourned there. Two generations later, One of Abraham's grandchildren, Jacob, was advised by his mother that he should journey to Haran and recover the sacred stone so that he might secure his father Isaac's blessing and become the leader of the tribe. While Jacob found the stone pillar and brought it back to Canaan, Jacob first took the pillar to Ugarit, where the descendants of Melchizedek who had blessed Father Abraham, resided. The wise men of Ugarit informed Jacob that the inscription on the pillar was in an alphabetic language that the Most High God had delivered to Abraham and Ur of the Chaldees after the destruction of the Tower of Babel. Now this alphabetic language from the sacred pillar became the language of Ugarit and gave birth to other tongues as well. The book of creation begins thus, with 32 mystic paths of wisdom engraved hell, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the living God, King of the universe, El Shaddai, merciful and gracious, high and exalted, dwelling in eternity. Jacob enshrined the pillar in a place called Bethel, the house of God which the conqueror Joshua later destroyed, not realizing that it was a holy place containing an relic as significant as the Ark of the Covenant. That stone pillar lies hidden somewhere in the ruins of Bethel, Pesach declared. And if you were to recover it, your reputation would be greater than hoods. He would be compelled to yield his daughter to you and probably approve your judgeship of the tribe of Judah. And there is one other issue of almost equal importance. Judge Ehud's Levites have a copy of the Book of Creation on a papyrus scroll, but it has been altered to replace Elion and the Elohim with Jehovah. Finding the original sacred stone will restore true religion to Israel. Uh, We'll need a company of loyal men if we undertake this, Shangar observed. I have already selected them, the thumbless, told us, Prophet replied. We will need pack animals, tools, and supplies, Shamgar added. Well, I've already arranged that, B. offered. When do we start? Dawn, if that is your pleasure, my lord. I'll have the watch wake me at first light. Outside Shamgar's tent... A stealthy figure crouched with his ear to the cloth wall. He waited until the prophet hobbled out of the open front fly, and then the spy scuttled off into the darkness. The noon sun beat down on the small caravan, led by Shamgar's chariot. Shamgar and Bisek rode in the car while the mule train followed them with the loyal warriors marching along beside the laden beasts. Their weapons and armor were secured on the pack frames. In the distance to the north, they could see the hilltop ruins of Bethel, but the way in that direction led through a narrow defile between two large rock outcroppings. Shamgar's military sixth sense caused him to rein in and raise his hand to halt the column. Good place for an ambush, he muttered. And notice the recent tracks leading up to the rocks, Pizé observed. Let's flank them, the purple dragon growled as he turned back to his men. To arms! The warriors quickly began unpacking their weapons and armor. Leave your shields and pikes, swords and bows only, Shongar ordered. Leaving Mezek to watch the animals, Shamgar divided his score of men into two squads, ten under the command of his most trusted lieutenant and the rest under his own leadership. They would encircle the ambuscade and trap the ambushers. The many hours of infantry training he had given these men before their battle with the Philistines was now being put to the test. They maneuvered into position like seasoned veterans. In less time than it would take to cook a partridge, they had the enemy surrounded and disarmed. Shamgar was shocked to discover that the leaders of the gang were two of Ahud's sons, Naaman and Ahisha. How did you know where we were going? The purple dragon demanded. We will tell you nothing, you uncircumcised dog Naaman snarled. You don't hear very well. Perhaps we should circumcise your ears. That might make your brother more talkative, Shamgar said in a casual tone as he signaled two of his men to seize Naaman. You dare not, Naaman screamed as Shamgar drew his dagger and ran his finger over the edge. Oh, maybe just one ear the Phoenician pirate drawled as he looked over at Anahijah, who was being held by two of his mighty men. As soon as the razor-sharp blade touched his ear, Nahama screamed, I'll talk, I'll talk, tell you everything. Shamgar withdrew the blade. I thought you would. Now tell me, how did you know where we were going and what we were in search of? Uh, My brother Gera listened outside your tent last night. Did he report it to your father? Nahama hesitated. Shamgar raised his dagger. Yes, Nahama whispered. Louder, so we may all hear you. And the knife bit into his ear. Yes, Yes, he shouted. Where is Ger now? He went on to Bethel to find the stone pillar. How many men did he have with him? Five men, half of our company. Shamgar was perplexed. Why were you so few? There were only five of you here. He answered for Namah. They are all whose cousins or debtors, my lord. The only force they could raise against you. The purple dragon is now the Lion of Judah. Well, lion or dragon, we march on Bethel. What about these, Bezek gestured to the prisoners. Let them return to Lahud. If we fail to recover the stone, I will deal with them later. As soon as they were released, Nama, Ahijah and their minions scuttled away like cockroaches running from the light. Remounting their chariot, Shamgar and Bezek led the column through the defile and on toward the ruins of Bethel. By mid-afternoon, they were within the tumbled walls and searching for an entrance to the catacombs that Bezek believed undermined the holy city. They had a well and an underground cistern, a network of tunnels like we have under Jemis. That is where we'll find the stone, God willing, and God protect us because legend has it that the stone is guarded by the she and Lilith. At that moment, One of the men called their attention to a trench alongside a huge foundation boulder. Looking down to the bottom of the trench, just as the afternoon sun was at the right angle, they could see an opening under the boulder. Shamgar called for ropes, and they made their way down and into the labyrinth beneath beneath Bethel. Torches were lit, and they proceeded along a tunnel, cut through the bedrock of the hill, sloping downward. The air was riven with an awful shriek. "'followed by a cackle of hideous laughter. "'The men were wide-eyed in terror "'and wanted to turn back, "'but Shangar and Bezek pressed on. "'The tunnel opened into a huge grotto, "'a water-filled cavern "'with a cairn of rocks "'rising in the middle of the pool. "'On the top of the cairn "'stood the stone pillar of Jacob, "'and on top Owl. Six decapitated corpses "'floated in the pool. "'Their heads were displayed "'on the cairn beneath the pillar.' Shamgar recognized one of them as Gera, the son of Ahud. The owl spread its wings and flew toward them. The men started to retreat back into the tunnel. Stand fast, Shamgar ordered. The huge bird of prey suddenly transformed into a black-robed human figure and landed on the pool's edge before them. Mm -hmm. Beneath the hem of the robe, the feet were still the talons of a raptor. Look, one of the Hebrews exclaimed, don't insult the goddess, Shamgar barked at him, and then to the apparition. What are you doing here, mother? And I threw back her hood and shook her flaming mane of red hair, waiting for you, my son. I've been waiting here for years, ever since that fool Joshua destroyed Bethel. But you were with me only a few moons ago, Shamar. Shamgar recalled. Well, a goddess can be many places at the same time, and any place at one time, she explained. Well, may we take the stone pillar back to Israel, he asked. You have my leave to do so, but not my blessing. The book of creation comes from Father Ill, and only in his name may it be restored and consecrated. Mizec stepped forward. That task falls to me, my lady. I ask for your protection so that I may live long enough to accomplish it. I'll do what I can for you, but my protection comes in the form of a warning. Beware of the serpent. And so saying, she pulled up her hood, and with her cackling laugh, she transformed back into an owl. With an awful shriek, she flew up the tunnel toward the setting sun. And so Shamgar and Bezek returned to the Hebrew camp with Jacob's stone pillar and received great accolades and acclaim. Shamgar was elected judge of the tribe of Judah, and Bezek was finally of Leviticus. The pillar was placed beside the ark in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, but no translation was permitted. And so ends the last chapter from the book of Shamgar. Now, Dr. Rowland has a footnote from the first page concerning the Sefer Zura, which I'll read. Sefer Zura is the oldest book of the Hebrew Kabbalah, said to have been written in the early centuries of the Common Era. Jewish scholars admit its Pythagorean philosophical structure, and there is speculation that it may have been originally written in Greek rather than in Hebrew. Greek is an inflected language, whereas Hebrew is not inflected. Ancient Greek has 24 has a 24-letter alphabet, whereas his Hebrew is limited to 22 letters. Therefore, if the Sephiroth's Zira had been originally Greek, a Hebrew translation would have suffered philosophical distortion due to the lack of a letter symbolizing the earth element. There is a Talmudic tradition that the book of creation was written by Abraham in about eighteen hundred BC, long before Hebrew, Greek, or Phoenician alphabets existed. Now, if Abraham had written the book, he would have written it on clay tablets in cuneiform, which, like Chinese, is not an alphabetic language. It has hundreds of characters. However, there was a Canaanite city Ugarit which had a cuneiform alphabet and an inflected language, a few hundred years after Abraham, and it was possibly the origin of the Greek, Phoenician, and Hebrew alphabets. All this considered, we must remind ourselves that the Book of Shamgar was written by Gnostic Christians in the early Christian era, probably around the time that an original Seprian Surah in Greek was retranslated in Hebrew and distorted to serve the Yahweh tradition. This, thus, we may conclude that the authors of Shangar are rewriting early biblical history, or mythology, if you prefer, to serve their own agenda. And yet they may be correct. The original Sephora of Zura may have been in Greek and was not the word of Yahweh. And now, um, that is the last, the last chapter of uh of Shamgar. And of course you know, Shamgar is is published along with Adams's Quest and um, we have dealt dealt with it numerous episodes. You know, we've we've uh, in fact we will in the Hermetic hour we've told the whole story of Shamgar. This this is uh this is kind of the last uh, uh you know the the last one. And and uh and, and if you want to catch up on the rest of the story, though, in print, um, you can get it on Amazon. It's Adamson's Quest and the Purple Dragon. And yeah, uh, next uh, certainly the next seventh ray we publish, we will we will certainly publish the last chapter. But what I'd like to do now, seeing us out there, uh, you know, we we have a lot of time left in the hour here. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and pick up pick up Shangri-La right from where the where we left off, you know, because this goes between chapter 7 and chapter 8. So we'll pick up Shamgar and finish the story. That, that way uh, you, you know, we can have some closure on it. Hang on. Chapter 8. Shamgar, judge of the tribe of Judah. And Shamgar returned to the camp of the Judean Hebrews and married Jael. So much favor did he find among the people that they elected Shamgar judge of the tribe of Judah. And although his father-in-law, Ahud, still claimed the title of high judge of Israel, and Ahud's heart was hardened against Shamgar, and he plotted against his son-in-law, he conspired with the Benjaminites and the Levites, who, along with the Judeans, were the last of the twelve tribes who professed loyalty to Jehovah. In all, Shamgar's strongest ally was his friend, the mad prophet, And so it came to pass that the Judean wife of a prominent Benjaminite allegedly went a whoring and was caught or entrapped by a score of demonic cultists, secret worshippers of Belial, who all had their way with her before strangling her and dismembering her body. Then, as was their foul custom, they distributed her body parts to members and friends of their cult.
1: And her head,
0: with the sign of whoredom cut in her forehead, was sent back to her Judean father, who displayed the gruesome memento before Shamgar and the council when he brought charges against the Benjaminites. Witnesses were called, and the whole story was unfolded. Can the perpetrators of this outrage be identified, Shamgar asked, looking hard at the representatives from the tribe of Benjamin. From beside him, Mahood muttered, Don't embarrass them. No crime has been committed. Shamgar gave his father-in-law a savage look. It may not be a crime, but it is an atrocity. Not in the eyes of God, Ehud replies. Adultery is punishable by death, and there is no commandment against eating a slaughtered heifer. Is your daughter a heifer? No, but your wife may be, Ehud replied. Is that a threat... Well, let's just call it a warning. Shamgar turned to Bezek. What's the Lord on cannibalism, Venerable? It is a cursed abomination he inflicts as punishment upon the unrighteous, but not prohibited by law. Then their only crime is apostasy. It would seem so, Bezek confirmed. And so Shamgar ordered the 20. Followers of Belial arrested and brought before him. He sentenced ten of them to death and the rest to imprisonment in a deep pit with only the dead bodies of their fellow cultists cultists for sustenance. And when Ahud and the elders of Benjamin protested, he reminded them that cannibalism is the Lord's punishment upon the unrighteous, and the followers of Belial were certainly unrighteous. Shortly following this session, Shamgar granted audience to a Phoenician leather merchant, who declared himself to be an agent of King Milki of Tyre. Judge Shamgar explained how he had been betrayed by King Milki in the matter of the smuggled iron weapons. The merchant replied that the betrayal was the work of one of the king's ministers, a Sidonian, who had been in the pay of the Philistines, and now. King Milky wished to make amends. Which is the purpose of my visit, the merchant declared. The culprit is outside of this tent in chains, awaiting your justice, mighty purple dragon. Throw him in the pit with the cannibals, Shangar barked to his guards. And with that settled, he adjourned the session and retired to his personal quarters with his guest and called for wine and uh, sweetmeats for refreshment. Now tell me, What does my Lord King Melchizedek wish of the judge of the tribe of Judah? Samgar asked. Well, it has come to us in Tyre that the Hebrews seek to place their golden box and instill their one and only God in the temple of Melchizedek and Jebus. Your victory over the Philistines has reestablished the reputation of that spiritual weapon. The Jebusites of Jebus have appealed to us For political and even military assistance, they might be willing to remove the tribal gods. But if Father El and Mother Asherah are expelled from the temple, all Israel will rise in revolt. It is well known that your ark is only dangerous in sunlight. A night attack would overwhelm you. Shamgar replied, Inform your master that I am still his loyal captain and that I share his concerns and that I will do my best to see that the holy father and mother remain in their ancestral home. My father-in-law, Judge Ahud, still has much power and influence among the, among the Judeans, Levites, and Benjaminites. He imagines that his war god, Jehovah, is the most high god, the god of Abraham and Melchizedek which we know to be Father El, in concert with Mother Asherat. Ahud and his Levites will have nothing of the goddess, whom they believe is the source of all evil, and whom we know to be the other face of El. I have tried to explain to Ahud that together El and Asherat are the one great oversoul, which is both male and female, but alas, he and even his daughter, my beloved wife, refused enlightenment. And so it came to pass that Ahud and Shamgar, accompanied by the council of the elders of Israel, visited the temple in Jebus, now called Jerusalem, by the Lenites. The priest-king of the Jebusites, who was called Melchizedek after his ancestor, who had given the first communion of the elements to Father Abram, on this very spot, led them up to the stone staircase to the portico of the temple. The temple was a huge square stone building, 40 cubits high, with a monolithic entrance flanked by two stone pillars decorated with coiled serpents, upon which were inscribed letters in an ancient alphabet Shamgar had seen in the temple of Melchizedek of Tyre. The laws of old, Melchizedek explained, inscribed by Enoch before the flood. The ten affirmations, and added, pagan abominations, o sputtered Jehovah, gave us ten commandments. Il and Esherat gave us these ten thou shalts, which if you observed them would make Jehovah's ten thou shalt not unnecessary, the Jebusite priest-king concluded as they entered the temple. Shamgar had seen the interior of the temple, a melcharted attire, but this was much more ancient and primitive, the stone walls were raised against a wooden framework. Great beams of cedar rose at the corners, supporting the rafters of the wooden roof. The floor was a great mosaic depicting seven, a seven-pointed star, and at each point stood the statue and altar of the god or goddess of one of the seven tribes of the Canaanites of Israel. And in the center of the star, rising from the monastic images, the sun and the moon, were the tall, slender images of Father El and Mother asherah On the far western wall was a niche for the holy relics, a chalice made from a human skull and a golden flagon. The Jebusite Melchizedek poured fermented honey from the flagon into the silver cup inset in the skull's chalice. He handed the goblet to Shamgar, this Ra of she he declared. The purple dragon elevated the goblet to honor it before partaking. The priest-king raised his right forefinger and declared the creed of the Elohim. Father, mother, son, daughter, fire, earth, fire, air, and earth, Shamaata, all are one in the fourfold name. As Shamgar lowered the ancestral chalice Ahud stepped forward, up the Shebusite and restrained him. You are not of our blood, he declared, and the goblet was refilled and passed to Bezek. The torch-lit interior of the temple was impressive, but Shamgar was very concerned over the obvious condition of the supporting members. As a mariner, he could spot dry-rotted timber and planking. He poked his dagger into some of the great cedar uprights and winced as he felt the point penetrate as if going through dry papyrus he knew that one violent storm or minor earth tremor would bring the whole structure down outside the edifice the elders held council Ahud was first to speak we will remove and destroy all these idols and then place the Ark of the Covenant on a veil shrouded dais between the sun and the moon. And now we are into chapter 9, The Fall of the Temple. The Jebusite elders and those of the seven Canaanite tribes were shocked and enraged. They had been willing to let Uhud put the Ark in the temple, but not to displace all the sacred images that had resided there for 3,000 years. Shangar intervened. My venerable father-in-law has misspoken himself. What he means to say is that we will carefully remove all the sacred objects from the temple before we undertake repairs, because the temple is not a safe place for them or for the ark until it has been reinforced. In its present state, it is ready to collapse. What? Now who shouted? This temple has stood since the days of Melchizedek and Abraham. It will stand for another 10,000 years. As if to emphasize his point, he beat the stone wall with his heavy staff. "'Sell it as a mountain!' he cried. But his blows triggered a dangerous vibration within the stonework. And with a rumble, the rotten timbers shoring up the inner walls gave way, and the whole massive structure fell in on itself with a thunderous roar, raising a huge cloud of dust. The elders fell back in horror. But when the dust settled, a wondrous discovery was made." Everything within the temple had been destroyed except the pillars outside the portico and the statues of Father Hell and Mother Asherah, which were still standing, defiantly rising out of the rubble. It is the will of God, Bezek declared. The Elohim are subsumed in the Holy Family, in the highest heavens. All gods and goddesses are now one. However, who clamored over, the rubble and started to swing his staff against the slender statue of the goddess, Asherah. Shamgar caught the collar of Ahud's robe with the hook of his ox code, jerking the old man back. If you strike that statue and I'll kill you, the purple dragon growled. I'll remember that, Ahud's style. I want you to, Shamgar, because I will rebuild this temple, ensuring that all the tribes of Israel are welcome to worship within. What qualifies you to be a builder of temples who taught Shangar before the elders? My patrimony, the purple dragon declared. You declared that your mother was anath and your father was Leviathan. That hardly qualifies you to build a temple. Shangar noticed that the elders were nodding. He knew that he must be in charge of the reconstruction if the goddess was to remain in the temple. I circulated that rumor to frighten my enemies when I was a privateer. My real father was Tubal Cain, he announced. No sooner did the words cross his lips than he realized that he had sealed his own doom. He had broken his oath to God Crusor, his father. And so the great temple in Jerusalem was rebuilt with the help of architects from Tyre and cedar timber from Lebanon. And the ark was moved in and housed as Ahud had envisioned, with Eliun and Asherah rising on either side, and the Hebrew Levites held their rituals on Saturdays, leaving the other days to the, of the week to the priests of the Canaanite tribes. Animal sacrifice was permitted on the days reserved for the tribes that, that adhered to it, although many of the Canaanites were vegetarians, as had been all of the children of El and Asherah and the Elohim before the great flood. Shamgar prospered as judge of Judea, and Jael gave him three sons, who were named Shamat, Shamar, and Shamaz And so wise was Shamgar's justice, and so great was his power, that the elders of all the twelve tribes, Canaanite and Hebrew, elected Crown him the first king of Israel. But his father in law, Judge Ehud, had coveted that honor and waxed jealous of Shamgar, still calling him a blasphemous pagan in high council for keeping the image of the great horse standing beside the ark in the temple. For his part, Shamgar knew that his doom would overtake him, and though he prayed to his divine father for forgiveness of his oath breaking, Hussar would not answer his pleadings. Knowing that Ahud plotted against him, Shamgar sent his sons off to Tyre as wards of King Abimilki to be raised in civilization, educated and prepared for the leadership roles they might someday attain from Shamgar's legacy. For Bezek, the mad prophet, had prophesied that one of Shamgar's royal line would one day redeem all mankind, and shortly thereafter, Bezek was stung by a viper that had crawled into his bed, and the thumbless, tailless prophet died in agony. Uh, let's uh, stop there at that point uh, because that that you know fulfilled that fulfilled the uh, the warning that Anath gave to uh, Bezek in in the last chapter. Now I hope that this reading of Shamgar has has encouraged some of you to uh, to, to order the book. Oh, by the way, this whole Shamgar story has has a certain degree of truth in it. Because at the time of Shamgar, Israel was still Canaanite. It was it it was it was more Canaanite than it was more Canaanite than Hebrew. And and uh, and, and uh Yahweh didn't take over uh in and, in and, and, and until after Solomon. And and uh, you know the and, and Ezra Ezra uh you know while you know in the captivity. Ezra rewrote the rewrote the Bible, rewrote the Torah and 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 uh and, and um, the the early the early books were all rewritten with uh, Yahweh replacing replacing El, El Elion, from the Elohim. By the way, I should explain that uh, El El simply means God. And originally Abraham Abraham was, his vision was directly, who was referred to as Anu in in the Mesopotamian pantheon. Anu and and El are the the same. And uh, and also, I'd like to explain too a little bit about this uh, this, this Sephirot Zera uh, alphabet thing. Abraham has a you know is a tradition of of of, astro- of being being the the great original astrologer, and of course the Sepriot Zera is very astrological. Uh, the Sephirot Zera, the Book of Creation. If it, it, the, 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 the Sephirot Zera basically is is the Book of the Tree of Life. And Jacob's vision of the tree of life is our key to the fact that he was returning to Israel with the Sefer Yetzirah. If you read, uh, if you read the Bible, you know, read uh, about Jacob's vision of the latter, The latter is is the Sefer Yetzirah. Those are the powers of wisdom. Our Shamgar story is all based on very pretty, pretty solid research. And and also, it gives you a good picture of what Israel was really like at that time, and you know, and, and all the way up to the days of Solomon. And uh, so, I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed the story, and and uh, uh, and I I must confess, I, I I really enjoyed writing it. I and and uh, and, and, I, and and I and I. I think, in a way, as I say, I I think that it has more truth to it than just fiction. I do encourage you to, to get the book uh, and enjoy it. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week, and uh, we'll be back with another with another uh, journey into the Hermetic mysteries. And until then, good magic.